Welcome to another episode of Muslims Want to Know, the show where I try to answer the questions you have about the Bible and Christianity. I'm your host, Reverend Eric Mason. We will get to our question for today in just a moment, but first, some business. Would you take a minute and review this podcast? The more reviews the podcast receives, the more it comes up as a recommendation for other people. And the more it comes up as a recommendation, the more other folks get a chance to hear answers to their thoughtful questions. And speaking of questions, if you have a specific question about what you hear on the show or want me to elaborate a bit more on a topic, you can submit questions to our official Twitter handle at Rev Eric Mason or by visiting our page at www.anchor.fm forward slash Muslims want to know. As always, each podcast builds on the information from the previous ones. So if you're joining us for the first time, I recommend going back and listening to the previous episodes before resuming this one. Here is our recap. Last time, you and I looked at the answers to the question, Did Jesus really die on the cross? In doing so, we looked at several arguments against his death on the cross. Together, we learned that Lord Jesus was crucified on the cross. We also learned that Lord Jesus' body was not swapped out with another body while he was on the cross. And finally, we learned that Lord Jesus did not survive the crucifixion and emerged from the tomb three days later. To sum it up, we learned that he truly did die. Lord Jesus' death by crucifixion uniquely fulfills biblical prophecies that foretold both the death of the Son of God and the manner in which he would die. This was all a part of God's plan to provide a once-for-all sacrifice which would atone for the sins of the world. Recently, my wife and I were spending some time with a Muslim family in our neighborhood. We were discussing our beliefs with the family when one of the children asked, But your God is dead, right? It was one of those moments when I realized so much of what Christians articulate about Lord Jesus surrounds his death. A lot of conversations lead up to Lord Jesus' death and stop there. Even this Muslim child knew that Christians believe Lord Jesus died. But had anyone told him what happened next? So here's the thing. Lord Jesus died. That is a historical fact. But all men and women die. What separates Lord Jesus apart from everyone else is that he did not stay dead. The resurrection is a unique claim of Christianity. And that brings us to our main question for this episode. What do you mean Jesus was resurrected? And that's an excellent question. So, where should you and I begin to start our conversation? I was thinking about this the other day. I think the best place to start is by revisiting what it means to be a human. That should lay some groundwork for our discussion today. You and I have already had a conversation about how humans were created in the image of God. This means we were created to be able to love and communicate that love first to God, then each other, and finally toward creation. 
Unlike God, however, our nature consists of body and soul. Now a body cannot exist without a soul, and vice versa. Both body and soul were corrupted when Adam and Eve sinned. So what does it mean for us to die? Well, death is the separation of soul from body. And let's keep this in mind as we talk about the resurrection of Lord Jesus. To better define the resurrection, it's probably best to start off first by saying what the resurrection is not. The resurrection of Lord Jesus is not the act of bringing a dead man back to life. The resurrection is also not about Lord Jesus' soul entering heaven without his body. So what is it, then? The resurrection of Lord Jesus is the first fruit of a new kind of human life. It is the moment Lord Jesus not only emerges physically from death, but conquers death by receiving a new, glorified, eternal body which is no longer subject to death. Lord Jesus is now and forever fully God, fully glorified man. And now you can say, whoa, back it up. Can you break that down for me? Well, I, I can try. In the episode, How Can God Become Man?, we discussed how Lord Jesus was fully God and fully man. Today, we learned that death is the separation of the soul from the body. Without getting into too many details, let me break it down like this. The resurrection is the reuniting and metaphysical regeneration of the body and soul of Lord Jesus by, through, and with his godly nature. This reunion and regeneration results in Lord Jesus undergoing a permanent glorification. His body and soul are now no longer subject to corruption. Remember the Proto-Evangelion? God says to Satan in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. The death and resurrection of Lord Jesus is the fulfillment of that prophecy. The work of the devil, that of sin and death, is now undone. The resurrection is a unique claim of Christianity. Now that's not to say other faiths don't have resurrection stories, but none of the other faiths make the same claims as Christians do about the nature of the risen Lord Jesus. The resurrection is so unique Paul has this to say about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Paul lays it out as clear as day. If the resurrection didn't happen, then Lord Jesus did not pay for our sins. No resurrection, no Christianity. So it looks like the ball is in my court today. Was Jesus resurrected? What does the Bible say about the resurrection of Lord Jesus? And what does this event mean to Christians? For the sake of time, I'm not going to be able to exhaust every biblical reference on the resurrection. To help guide us, I'm going to divide the next section into three categories. Category 1. Predictions of the resurrection by Lord Jesus. Category 2. A unique account of the resurrection. Category 3. The uniqueness of Lord Jesus' resurrected body.
1. Predictions of the Resurrection by Lord Jesus If the resurrection is a part of God's redemptive plan for humanity, and if it is such a unique claim of Christianity, are there indicators in the Bible and biblical text that Lord Jesus will be resurrected? And the answer, of course, is yes. Mark chapter 8, verse 31, Then he, Jesus, began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and be rejected by the leaders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed, and rise after three days. Mark chapter 9, verse 31, For he was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after he is killed, he will rise three days later. Mark chapter 10, verse 33. See, we are going to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And he will rise after three days. Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 40. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Fun Fact Jonah was a prophet in the Old Testament who tried running away from God. Jonah eventually made his way onto a boat only to have a storm nearly overtake the ship. The crew of the ship finally found out that Jonah was running away from God and the storm was a result of his flight. Jonah then allowed himself to be thrown overboard. A great fish that had been appointed by God swallowed Jonah. Jonah spent three days in the belly of the fish and was vomited alive on the beach on the third day. By all accounts, he had been good as dead, but God allowed Jonah to emerge alive on the third day. Lord Jesus is clearly connecting his death and resurrection to the story of Jonah. Lord Jesus is saying, After being under the ground for three days, I will emerge alive, just like Jonah lived after spending three days in the belly of the fish. John chapter 2, verses 18-22 through 22, So the Jews replied to him, what sign will you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it up in three days. Therefore the Jews said, This temple took forty-six years to build, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scriptures and the statement Jesus had made. Now, one can argue that what Lord Jesus is referring to in these passages is somehow symbolic or metaphorical, that he wasn't actually making a claim that he would be resurrected. But elsewhere, Lord Jesus makes it clear that the resurrection he's talking about not only will happen, but that the resurrection will find its point of origin in Lord Jesus himself. John chapter 11, verses 23 through 27 your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. 2. A Unique Account of the Resurrection Luke chapter 24, verses 1-12 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, the women who followed Jesus, came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in but did not find the body of Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven, and then to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen clothes. So he went away amazed at what had happened. This unique account of the resurrection is extremely interesting. If there are any doubts as to whether or not this was a real event retold by the eyewitnesses of the resurrection, those doubts are laid to waste based on one significant detail. The witnesses in this account are women. Now today, that might not strike us as something important, but for the gospel writers, it shows they were more interested in retelling events exactly as they happened as opposed to fabricating a more believable story at the time. You see, at the time of Lord Jesus' death, women were not thought of as being reliable witnesses. In fact, women were not allowed to testify in court. Yet, here we have a male author, Luke, recounting the eyewitness testimony of women who saw the resurrected Lord. If this had been a made-up story, the first witnesses chosen by the biblical authors would have been men, not women. 3. The Uniqueness of Lord Jesus' Resurrected Body As we learned earlier, Lord Jesus does not become a spirit at the resurrection. The resurrection is the reuniting and metaphysical regeneration of the body and soul of Lord Jesus by, through, and with his godly nature. This reunion and regeneration results in Lord Jesus undergoing a permanent glorification. Now there are unique qualities about the resurrected body of Lord Jesus that are recorded in the gospel accounts. Luke chapter 24 verses 36 through 47. As they were saying these things, he himself stood in their midst. He said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled? he asked them. And why do doubts arise in your hearts? 
Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were still amazed and in disbelief, because of their joy, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took and ate in their presence. He told them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, This is what is written, The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. But Thomas, called Twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So what are the unique qualities of Lord Jesus' body highlighted by the verses we just covered? Well, for one, Lord Jesus eats. After the resurrection, despite having a body that no longer needs food to replenish his strength, Lord Jesus shares a meal with his disciples. Why does he do this? He does this, it says, out of love. Love for communion and community with his disciples. Lord Jesus' body also still bears the marks of the crucifixion. Why does a glorified, incorruptible body bear these marks? Well, these marks are a permanent reminder of God's love for humanity. They are a symbol of the great sacrifice of Lord Jesus. God himself went down into God-forsakenness, even to the point of death, so that we might be rescued from our sins, reconciled to God, and eventually glorified in our natures. In addition to this, Lord Jesus' body is altogether different than ours. And you might ask, well, how do we know? Well, how many friends of yours can suddenly appear in a locked room? I hope none. And if you think appearing out of nowhere is a good trick, there are other stories that describe Lord Jesus disappearing in front of his followers. Luke chapter 24, verses 30 through 31 it was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. 
what we have in the gospel records is a clear record that Lord Jesus's glorified body is a higher form, which is not bound by physical boundaries, but can still interact in the physical realm. I believe it's important for you to understand the resurrection of Lord Jesus. And the reason I find it so important is because you can't understand Christians until you know why we have such a steadfast faith in his life, death, and resurrection. You see, the Bible promises that all who believe in Lord Jesus and obey his commands will one day also receive glorified bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20-22 through 22. But as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. So, Christians are promised forgiveness of our sins and eternal life for our faith in Lord Jesus. And that is the reason why we have such steadfast hope. And now you can ask, but why does God care? Why bother with us? It's because of God's love for humanity. Notice how at every turn we make in our discussion of God, we seem to always circle back to his love for you, for me, and for all of humanity. Beautiful, isn't it? Now remember, mankind could not return to a pristine condition, meaning no amount of penance through rituals, through good deeds, or sacrifices could get us unstuck from our sinful natures. So, in a free act of love, God comes down to the God-forsaken in order to undo the work of the devil. The Son of God takes on flesh. And although Lord Jesus was fully God and fully man, and although he never sinned, he became one of the God-forsaken. The triune God, who is love, can do nothing but will the good of the other. So the Son of God, in a free act of love, redeemed our fallen condition by fully becoming one of us. In taking on flesh, he redeemed both body and soul on the cross. His blood shed on the cross was offered as a once-for-all sacrifice for the sins of the world. He truly died, soul separating from his body. But three days later, God once again willed our good when Lord Jesus was resurrected forever uniting and glorifying his body and soul with, by, and through the power of the triune God. This was done so that we all might live eternally with God after death. Many times, my Muslim friends ask me, how can you be so sure of your salvation and this eternal life you speak of? It's just not possible to know. I can only quote scripture to describe how I know and how I have that assurance. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. 
for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I encourage you to study the resources I use to gather information for this week's podcast. The Bible translation I use is the Christian Standard Bible. I also studied material from Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem, The Shorter Summa by St. Thomas Aquinas, The Incarnate Lord by Thomas Joseph White, and various articles on wikipedia.com, gospelcoalition.org, and videos from the wordonfire.institute. That sound means it's about time to wrap up. If you like this podcast, feel free to leave a review on your favorite podcasting site. And as always, if you have specific questions about what you heard on the show or want me to elaborate a bit more on a point I made, you can submit questions to our official Twitter handle at Rev Eric Mason or by visiting our page at www.anchor.fm forward slash Muslims want to know. I will do my best to answer those questions in future podcasts. I also encourage you to reach out to a Christian friend or coworker and ask them about things you hear on this podcast. If you hear something about Islam you didn't know before, research it or ask your Muslim friends or imam about it. As always, I thank you so much for your time and God bless. Thank you.